0: Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh.
1: Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are this Jesus life podcast. And Josh, we're back two weeks in a row, man. We are on a streak. (laughs) This is happening.
0: We're like a professional podcast show again.
1: Seriously? Like, this is top notch quality and everything.
0: We'll just go for it today.
1: that's right man really confused the people like wait a minute were they just like taking weeks off to get sponsors and get super we professional all of a sudden we yeah we'll say that's yes. what it was we were mainly <laughs> yep. focused on the podcast when we weren't podcasting
0: <laughs> yeah yep. uh, what's the uh, dude uh shoot there's a podcast listening they always advertise it hymns hymns wipes is that a thing i think that i was, don't know that's know. like uh, for like erectile dysfunction stuff. I think that's what uh, that's the one you got right.
1: <laughs> no.
0: I'm shocked that you're like no. I'm shocked I, that you're like playing dumb like you didn't <laughs> secure that that, that uh, sponsorship.
1: I don't have any need. Uh, you we know, don't the, need a need. The, Maybe those that listen have a need. <laughs> If we were sponsored by hymns, that would be the most off-putting uh, off-putting part. I was of just trying to think, like, what would be, like, Jesus the most
0: opposite thing for this Jesus Life podcast? <laughs> yeah, and that's the first thing that would came be, to mind. We could yeah, do that gambling, be, I guess. That'd be pretty close. Go down yeah. those routes. Yeah. Everyone, everyone Jesus advertises life gambling.
1: Sponsored by sports gambling. Dude, <laughs> yeah. which, let me just say, there, so I don't know if it's like this everywhere, or if Pennsylvania just has, like, Now you can do sports gambling laws or something. But I really like to watch the NFL. And we also have been watching the Phillies a lot. They lost.
0: They're out of the chase for the World Series. They They were close. They lost to my D-backs. But we were... dude By my D-backs, I just mean I lived in... Your Arizona d bags. I lived in Arizona for a little while and went to a (laughs) handful of games. At at the time called The Bob. Bank One Ballpark. The Bob. And I don't know what's going on. Chase Field maybe?
1: We're... Were they always the D bags, or is that a new? Was that a new
0: name? No, no. I think they were born that way. They were born as D bags yeah. or D backs. Either way, depending on <laughs> you know, what part of the country you're in, how you both fit. Yeah. Okay. Well, they beat they beat
1: Philadelphia. They did it in Philly two times in a row, which sucked for Philly, but was impressive because. The Phillies had gone six and zero um, in playoffs at home. And then the D backs came in, beat them twice, like shut them down. And it was, it was brutal to watch. But I was going to say, watch, every, every five seconds, there was the, like a, what's uh, up?
0: Did you watch all the, um, oh, shoot. Uh, reaction videos of people coming out of the the, the stadium no, after they lost oh Google no. that you'll you'll be highly I entertained should. of good old Philly folks yeah I believe it being very Dude, angry I believe that their team and disowning mm-hmm. them pretty quickly
1: yeah that's what they do that's I can't even say that's what we do because I'm not that passionate about it I do live in Pennsylvania so I'm but like you're one of them yeah I'm bandwagon I know no. so I was pretty pretty angry I burned uh my neighbor's mailbox down uh just nice. to demonstrate you know uh yeah, and that's i put fair. a rip phillies uh next to it she's sweet but she understood that when you're yeah. angry you just have to burn something down
0: yeah um, that's fair
1: like they do in that's philly fair.
0: yeah um, andrew's andrew's now going to federal prison because there was mail in that mailbox when he did it but <laughs> it's fine <laughs> it'll be all right uh, the judge will be it. there I'll is understand.
1: a open investigation uh so i'm laying low and i am <laughs> yeah. gonna need you to delete all of this from the podcast uh, i might
0: accidentally <laughs> forget
1: <laughs> yeah no man but i dude there's there's a crazy amount of sports gambling ads like oh, there's yeah. like all sports just a, like a hundred platforms it sucks i'm like man like this stuff it's so addictive and it's like i don't know and you it's just lame yeah, I
0: get it. Lame. Like we're doing fantasy hockey this year. Uh, my nephew put it together, and like it makes you more interested in more games. Because like I'm a Colorado Avalanche fan, and that's really the only fan yeah. uh, that I'm that yeah. I follow. Um, so I watch all their games. But now you're like, oh, maybe I'll just throw it on and watch such and such game because they got yeah. like a player playing in that game. <clears throat> so I get it. Like, yeah, gets you more invested in the games. But yeah, uh, maybe we should just start yeah. our own, and then maybe we get some <laughs> money out of that which is this yeah. Jesus life betting yeah. podcast. And then maybe we get into like, maybe we get right. into like a religious betting right. too of like, Hey, we think oh, <laughs> this no. pastor is going to say oh, these no. three things, or this is going to be the next sermon series that comes out of this church.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> or that was going to be, be this many mean comments on their next video. I think we could.
1: Yeah. There might be something there's to gonna it. be. This many thumbs downs on the yeah. next <laughs> YouTube, uh, that's crazy, dude. What uh, what are we doing today? Well, I, I know we're here two weeks in a row, so I have some semblance of of what we're doing. But uh, take us in, man.
0: Yeah. What are we doing? I just figured we were talking about betting, and at some point, talking right. about killing your chickens and those kinds of things. I didn't yeah, think we were doing anything we serious. Can talk
1: about that. That happens tomorrow, so I am just kidding. Um, <clears> that yeah, does happen tomorrow. We'll we'll talk about that later. See how it went.
0: Um, yeah, we're in the middle of a series that we're looking at the I am statements of Jesus. Essentially, who did Jesus say he was? Uh, first mm-hmm. week we talked uh, about that Jesus saying I am the bread of life. Week two, I am the light of the world. Last week we covered I am the gate. Uh, and this week, we're going to continue in John 10, 10, uh, as we look at these verses of what's the next I am statement that uh, that Jesus called himself. But you want to read him? You want me to read him?
1: I'll read, man. So this is out of John 10, a uh, continuation of what we talked about last week, where we talked about, uh, I'm the gate to the sheep pen. Uh, and then Jesus says this, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as my father knows who I am, who knows me, and I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen by my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This is the command I received from my father. Then it says in verse nineteen, the Jews who heard this, who heard these words, were again divided. Many of them said, "He is demon possessed and raving, raving mad. Why listen to him?" But others said, "These are not the sayings of a man who is possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind?" Um, so, man, a lot of sheep talk in our last two weeks, but. Uh, but do you have any like first thoughts coming out of uh, John 10 verses 11 through 21?
0: Yeah, I think, oh, man. Oh, I thought I just lost you. Uh, your screen turned off at the same You're time. Good. Yeah. Um, You're good. I unplugged, I unplugged a cable on a random thing sitting on my desk at the same time. And uh, that freaked me out. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, we're dying over here. We're this Jesus Life podcast. Barely. <laughs> um, I was just thinking as you were reading it, I was just thinking from the Jews, the Jewish people that were staying there at the time's perspective, like it it's a pretty crazy thing to hear a man, just a random dude uh, to them at least. Mm-hmm. He didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah to, to make these comments. And like it, it makes sense that they would take the position or um, the viewpoint that they did where they're like, like, who are you to say this? Are you of, of the enemy? Like, I get it. Like, I get that they're, they're missing a the mm-hmm. point. And I think this is where it comes back to like, Jesus says, like, if the spirit isn't moving, I think Paul talks about this too, but if the spirit's not moving, you're not going to be able to believe that Jesus is the son mm-hmm. of God. So I think yeah. there's that piece that's at play here. Um, I think we'll, we'll do a pretty deep dive here into the good shepherd idea that, you know, mm-hmm. What does it mean for God to be good um, to us? And what does a shepherd do? Um, kind of the dis- the confusing parts of this verse uh, that we quickly talked about before we even got on, uh, before we started recording, um, mm-hmm. is, you know, I have other sheep as well. I have another flock. Um, in this case, yep. Jesus is talking about the Gentiles. Um, so, you know, this is a Jewish audience. He's talking to he's saying, hey, this is about to extend. The family is about to become one. Um for those that you know know and follow me. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that, this are my first thoughts. what What are yours before we dive into Good Shepherd?
1: Yeah, man. it uh when i when I hear I am the good Shepherd, like right off the bat, some like images or language comes to mind. like I think of uh, psalm twenty three and how the shepherd is talked about there, how like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me right beside streams of water. um, And like, he cares for me basically is like the through vibe of like the Lord being my shepherd, David's shepherd, but ours too. Um, And I think of that right away. Um, I also think of like in the sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks a few times about uh, using a shepherd and sheep analogy. um, and, and like, like, he basically poses a, as a question of, like, how many of you, literal shepherds that he was talking to, would lose one sheep and just say, ah, well, at least I have the 99? You know, like, wouldn't you go and chase after them, uh, chase after the one, bring it back and celebrate when you bring it back safely? Um, and that, like, God is that way too. Um, so when Jesus comes in here talking about, I'm the good shepherd, like, I really think that this was probably like a through line of of how he taught and an analogy that he used in like a bunch of different angles. And I think that because of just the sheer number of times it shows up through the gospels in different forms um, and and in different places and settings. Um, and I think there's really something deep about the idea of like I am Jesus' the good shepherd right? I know my sheep, my sheep know me. Um, and of course, like where the sheep, you know, (laughs) he's, he might've been talking to like, he, he was talking to a culture that had many sheep and like would understand this analogy and get it. And even to the degree of saying like, yeah, like a hired hand might just run away as soon as danger comes about a wolf or a bear or whatever. Um, but I'm the good shepherd. Like, I'm, I'm not going to leave my sheep. I'm going to put myself in harm's way for them. And then yep. Jesus, like, you know, even, like, foreshadows his own death and resurrection and how he has authority to, like, lay down his life and take it up again, which I'm sure when people heard that, they're just like, I don't know what you mean <laughs> at all. Like, I don't think anybody heard him talking like that and just went, oh, yeah, he's going to die on the cross and rise again from the dead, True. you know? nobody would have thought that, but we can see that. Um, so it's just powerful, man. Like, but the, the analogy of being a good shepherd who actually cares about your sheep, um, you know, like cares for them, watches over them, protects them, anticipates their needs, um, is much smarter than them, (laughs) is much more aware of what's coming than them. Um, and they know his voice, you know, like you and I talked a little bit about like, We've talked a lot of times about how do you know God's voice? How do you know when it's God versus you versus some other type of influence speaking in your life or your mind? Um, we talked about that, but like I'm the Good Shepherd, my sheep know me and they know my voice, you know, and that's pretty cool. Uh, and it's it's an analogy that I don't have sheep; I have chickens. Even my chickens know my voice versus other people. You know, they'll follow me; they won't follow other people. Um, a lot of that's because I take them snacks every day and feed them and all that while stealing their eggs. Um, but they know me, you know, and how much more we people can actually know God and know God's voice um, and be known by him because he's good and he cares for us. So those are like a lot of thoughts, but those are the things that sprung to mind right away.
0: Oh. And I think too, like, you know, he he talked about the same idea um, with the thief uh, in the last set of verses from last week that we covered. Uh, but this idea of the wolf coming in to try to take his flock or harm his flock or, um, you know, kill his flock. Uh, I think there's this yeah. piece, too, that, that we often forget that, um, you know, even though we know as Christians, we know Christ's voice or hopefully you're, you're learning those skills to know Christ's voice. Like, you can still get sidetracked and move off to the wrong thing or get out of the pin yourself and be like, I'm going to try to do it on my own mm-hmm. for a little while. Um, and like, I think we forget that we are in this spiritual battle, though we may not see it, but like we are fighting against forces mm-hmm. that are giving us half-truths and lying straight to our face to get us to believe these things, to take us to these places. Like, I was having a conversation yeah. with friends yesterday and we were, I can't remember what we were talking about, <clears throat> we were talking about something and somehow we got in this conversation to just the depravity of human existence. Like if, if we allow aspects of things that are against God to start showing up in our lives saying, you know, I know better um, this way works better than, than what you're telling me. God, um, as we live in that rebellion, like that rebellion grows and grows and grows and eventually gets to this place where, all humanity just starts looking at it and just goes like, that's so deplorable and sick. And like, why would that ever be okay in anyone's head? Why would a culture ever say that's fine? Um, But like, that's, that's the reality that, that sin does when we're not staying with the good shepherd. Um, And oftentimes, you know, I think that word good there is, is, is huge. Um, oftentimes we think of God as a shepherd that um, is just there to get our obedience and beat us into uh line, right? You hear the comment, yeah. you know, from pastors all the time, right? The shepherd had, you know, uh, a staff one to pull you in and he had, you know, whatever the mm-hmm. other tool was to, beat you if you needed to um, like <laughs> poor, poor methodology and poor, yeah. you know, I, I get where they're coming from and I understand why they take that, that approach. But at the same time, like, that's not what God said he was. He's not just a shepherd. He's not just trying to get the sheep's obedience. He's, he's trying to do what's best for the sheep and give them a life and give it to the full, right? Like we talked about last week. So it's that good piece that I think oftentimes we forget about, or we don't believe Mm is true of God, or maybe we believe it's true of God. We just don't believe it's true of God for me. Um, that really needs to get dealt with. Like that's a core aspect of who God is that I think oftentimes we, um, We don't realize when we misunderstand or misbelieve that concept, the effects that it can have on our lives Um, at one as followers of Jesus, two is just humans, Um, three, all the relationships that that come into play, you know, as, as those, those things get out of line. But I I think that's the biggest thing for me is this idea of good shepherd. Like what is a good shepherd? Um, Like what does, what does good look like for us? Is it giving me everything I want when I want it? Probably not. That's not what a good father Mm -hmm. would do. Um, but it is yeah. watching out for me and paying attention um, of what's going on around me that I may not be noticing or paying attention to protect me from those things. Mm-hmm. But also to encourage me and push me forward to have courage into areas that um, maybe I wouldn't have courage on my own or even think that this is a dream that I should be chasing. Um, because yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't think I had it in me, but that's the reality. Like, this is what a good shepherd does. He's, he's going to direct his flock in the right direction. Um, he's going to be more, Mm -hmm. he's going to bring more into his flock as well as, as we see later in these verses, um, as Paul saying, but I just kind of think like, even in the midst of our stupidity as sheep, even in the midst of our rebellion as sheep, like Christ still went to the cross for us in the midst of our sin. Right. I just think of, you know, what Paul told the Romans, um, you know, even when you were still sinners, Christ died for you. Um, like that's what a good shepherd mm. does. Like he lays down his life for another. Um, and thankfully yeah. our good shepherd has, is also a, a great God that has the power over death. Um, and was able to bring himself back, but yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. That's good. Um, dude, while you were talking, uh, this like thought kind of hit me. Um, you know, Jesus talked about being a good shepherd and like made this claim, the I am statement, but also used that analogy a lot. And I was thinking about like how to relate to this because yeah, like we, not many of us have a staff and a cudgel or whatever the name of that beat stick thing was (laughs) that we've heard talked about, uh, as you said. Um, But I think we can relate really directly to this because like there's a ton of big movies where there's like a hero and a villain, sometimes an anti-hero and all of that. But, but in general, there's a lot of big movies and big stories and books and plays and things like that, where anybody thinking about this could very easily relate to like what is a good shepherd versus what is a hired hand. And, uh, and I think it's a little bit helpful. I, uh, I'm a nerd and immediately jumped to like Lord of the Rings style imagery. And uh, like, if you think about every villain through that series or really any series, um, when like the pressure's on and, and they have a chance to like save their own skin or help other people, the villain like, or the hired hand is always selfish, right? They're always just like, Nope. I don't care what happens to all those people that were following me. I'm running away. Like I'm out. I'm getting away. I'm going to live to fight another day. Whatever happens to them, that's just fine with me. You know, it's like this lack of care for others when, uh, when it counts, you know, um, sure. They might care for them when it's easy, but if it's like a situation of their good versus others, good, they're choosing themselves a hundred times out of a hundred, you know, um and the flip of that is like every hero um through Lord of the Rings or every every hero in story and myth and and that's celebrated man when the pressure's turned on and they have the chance to save themselves or or risk it and put themselves on the line to save others they go for it right um, they, they save the others and they don't, they don't count the work. Like they don't spend time worrying about what might happen to me. They're like, Nope, I'm going to go help these people. I'm going to save this person. Doesn't matter what happens to me. And, uh, like, I know that's overly simplified, but I just, I wonder if Jesus kept pointing at this, like, I'm the good shepherd. I'm not a hired hand. Yeah, My sheep, like. All these sheep analogies, the Lord is my shepherd, you know, and out of Psalms, um, the one about going to find the one lost sheep and leaving the 99 for that, like, that's what good shepherds do. I wonder if he pointed at this because it's like a core thing within humanity to be like, there are heroes, there are villains, uh, and we need to see our God as as hero. Like, we need to understand Jesus as like the penultimate hero like he was the one who not only put his life on the line but did it for him when humanity was against him right like yeah. did it for him did it for us from a place of like we have no claim as humanity to deserve this um it's grace lived out like incarnate that Christ laid down his life, by his choice for us, and to take our place, and to like take the sin of the world on him, you know, um, and to to open up that path for direct relationship with God in a way that we wouldn't have ever been able to get to ourselves. So yeah. anyway, man, well, like, I think too, <laughs> there's a reason Jesus taught the way he taught, and yeah. I, I'll I'll just stop in just a sec, but I just I think like it wasn't just like here's a sheep analogy that these like rural folks can understand in the day, but it's like Jesus spoke and taught this way, uh, cause he was God. And because we can relate to it just as clearly today as 2000 plus years ago. So, all right, I'll shut up.
0: And I think too, like, I think what he's doing here is it's natural for humans and, and for us to equate God to the things that we can see. Right. So like today's age, it's, it's our pastors and church leaders that we look to and we equate God to. And and it's not like, I don't recommend doing it. They're going to disappoint you. But I think it's the same of, you know, the religious leaders of of this day, as he's talking to this Jewish audience, he's, he's calling them hired hands. He's like, this isn't. Like, don't equate me to them. I'm, I'm better than this. Like, there's, there's something else I'm ushering in. Like, this, this isn't same old, same old. Um, you're not going to get the same results from your religious leaders that you've gotten for you know decades and decades and decades and hundreds of years with your prophets and your, your teachers. Like, you're getting genuine God today. Like, there's no one in between you and me anymore. And I think that's the piece too that he's trying to usher in. He's trying to protect. Like, he's trying to present something new of like, hey, things are changing. Like, um everything that you thought you were going to get were disappointed by, um, you know, from the religious leaders up to this point. You know, you, you wanted deeper understanding of who God was and you didn't get the understanding that you hoped for. You wanted deeper love for who you know uh, of God and, and you you know didn't get to that place where you experienced or you knew how to love God better. Um it's that piece of like feeling like I've um um, I've been let down uh, by those, those church leaders or those religious leaders. And Jesus is trying to say, yeah, but that, like, I'm the good shepherd, like, come to me, like, let me show you what I can do. And, and we still see this true of today, right? Like, um, there's plenty of, of, of people that place pastors who are just human beings on pedestals. And sometimes don't get me wrong, like pastors get on the pedestal themselves. Um, they like the feeling, right. but, um, like Jesus is trying to tell us like, no, 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 like, there's a better way. Like you're going to end up wanting if this is all you're looking for. um, And this is all you're Mm -hmm. searching for. And this is all that you're hoping to receive. Like you're going to end up wanting because it's not me. Like, let me be Mm -hmm. your good shepherd. Let me be the voice that you follow. Let me be the one that helps you in your growth and your sanctification. Let me be the one that guides your life and your direction and your dreams. Um, And I think that's the piece that, that maybe I don't know if I ever realized or put all those things together, but as you were talking, um, mm-hmm. through that like that's the thing that came um to the forefront there of like he's, he's trying to say like man, you've that's... seen all this up to this point like you've seen you know my my religious leaders you know fail you over and over yeah. and some in really crooked ways and evil ways mm-hmm. like there was selfishness and some just because they were yep. human right um but yeah, like man. jesus is trying to introduce like hey like th- there's something better here for you like and i think is as mature Christians and those that have walked with Jesus as the disciples for a long time. And like here's an opportunity, whether you're in, you know, official church work, um, church leadership or not, like here's your opportunity to point people to Jesus rather than pointing him to yourself. Um, I always hear oftentimes from, yeah. from pastors that use the, the, um, the verse when Paul says, you'll follow me as I follow Christ. Um, and, the problem with that is that's not the end goal, right? Paul's just, mm-hmm. he's talking to young believers that are just trying to figure it out. Yeah, follow me for a little while. but The goal isn't that you follow me forever. The goal is that you learn how yeah. to follow Jesus yourself and we can release you to do right. that. Um, and I think oftentimes it's more difficult to help people do that than it is just to create crowds that will follow me and follow what I say um, mm-hmm. as, as the pastor yeah. or church leader. So like, here's yeah, your man. encouragement, you're a church leader, like stop getting them to follow you. Like you better be getting them to follow Jesus because you will disappoint them at some point. And if you're the one sitting, you know, in the congregation or, or with the, the community, um, don't put too much faith in in your uh, yeah. pastor or leaders. They're, they're not your savior. Um, put your faith, your direction, your guidance, um, where that, or at least yeah. where those things are coming from in Jesus himself.
1: Yeah. And man, that. I want to underscore the second part of what you said. Cause we like, there's a lot of, a lot of noise, uh, beating down <laughs> pastors, churches, church leadership. And many times like that's, that's well-deserved. <laughs> like I'm not going to act like the church is perfect. Um, cause it's not, um, but, uh, man, as a, as a just follower of Christ, um, normal person showing up to church trying to live out your faith like there is always a choice of like am i going to outsource my faith and put it on my pastor right josh i can pick on you in this like you you are a pastor of a church and if i went to your church i could be like am i going to make josh the arbiter of my faith like am i going to put him in a position that he should not be in, whether he desires desires it or not. I know he doesn't desire it because I know you, Josh. But like, you shouldn't be the thing that I would look at and say, like, if his his faith is good and strong and he says it's going to be fine, then I believe it and I trust it, and it's because Josh believes it, right? Like, we shouldn't do that. We should be looking, regardless of who our pastor is and who like those those spiritual leaders in our lives are. Um, man, it should never be like, I'm just riding the coattails of Josh's faith. I'm just riding the coattails Mm -hmm. of somebody else's faith. It's good. Like he said with Paul of like, follow me as I follow Christ. And then like, stop drinking baby milk, you know, like eat whole food, like build your own faith yourself. I'm going to give you the tools to do that as you follow the way I do it, but it's not so you can become little like You're the Paul crew, the cult of Paul, right? It's it's the exact opposite. It's like watch how I do what I do, come with me, work with me, like see how I do it, and then follow the same God I do in the same way as you express. You know, Um, like you're. I just say that like there, there's a choice. Like you gotta. And I was just like practically gonna say if you're like yeah, if you're listening to this and you're like yep, my faith is totally based on my pastor or this mentor or this podcaster or whatever, like, man, quiet the noise down a little bit, pray about it, and just start reading the Sermon on the Mount every day, even if it's tiny chunks. Like, just go there, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, because like that's the condensed version of like, man, these are the principles Jesus taught over and over and over, and that made it into like the, you know, the sermon. It was really like 12 sermons put together, uh, they think, but like it made it into like the peak. Like who is Jesus? What is his character? What is it? What is it that he taught? What's the hope that he gave? Like how did he live? What analogies did he use? All of that is right there. Like if your faith is too dependent on another person in your life, man, just start reading that. Start praying about it. Think about it. Talk to people that love God and love you in that order cuz you're set if your faith is dependent on another person you're set up for failure if they fall right you're set up to go like maybe God wasn't good maybe he's not a good shepherd maybe maybe he doesn't care about me anyway um maybe he's selfish maybe he's not uh maybe he's not God after all maybe I should do something else you know maybe I should be God in my life like that's how people fall off that's a big way people fall off. So um yeah man, I'm getting One a two, little like, long-winded, but
0: well the other part of that, that is like you're never you're never going to grow as a disciple of Jesus beyond the person that you're following. Right? So like if, yeah. if there's always someone between you and God, like you're you're never going to surpass that. Um you're always going to be stuck behind them because they can't teach you or help you experience something that they don't understand yet. Um that's just the reality of how following somebody works. Um, so that's, that's what Jesus is saying. Like, follow me. Like I am the good shepherd. Like I've, I'm going to the cross to restore this, this relationship. Um, and, you know, something we like to say around Hill City all the time is like your leaders, your disciple makers, like they're not special. Like there's nothing that they have or understand or their faith with God. Like it's not because God has kissed their life or something like that. Like he doesn't have special blessing on them. Um, They've just walked with Jesus to experience these things and grow in their faith in such a way. When I say grow in their faith, that's, that's trust uh, of God in doing what God has asked them to do, right? Like that's faith believing that Jesus is who he said he was and that's faith. Like it's growing in in that mindset and that intimacy with, with Jesus. I'm like, it's not special. It's not unique. Uh, You know, our disciple makers and we, when we commission them and pray over them, that's something we say all the time. It's like, these people aren't special. Like, it's not like these individuals, you know, um, God has specifically called specifically. He calls all of us. Mm-hmm. And we all can be able to do these things. Yeah. We all can grow in our, as a disciple of Jesus to be able to do, you know, disciple others um, to get to Jesus as well. Um, but if I'm only following people, right, I'm only listening to the to the other voices. I'm only listening to the hired hands. That's not like you're always going to be missing out on that next step as a disciple of Jesus, because. Uh, you can't go beyond where they're gone, where, where they've gone, right? <clears throat> um, so it's that piece I think Jesus is trying to get to. The beautiful thing is, don't get me wrong; it's super helpful to have disciples uh, that are ahead of you, and you can learn from those types of things. But also, not necessary. God is more than capable. Mm-hmm. Of helping in those areas, and like you need community. There's growth that happens in that place that can only happen in community. So like, don't neglect community. You know, based on what I'm telling you. But the reality is, is Jesus is the good shepherd. He's more than capable um, to guide you to where you need to go, to help you understand the things you need to do, to to start to cut out the areas of your life that are causing destruction and harm to you and those around you, um, so you can experience the fullness of this this life. Um, but I think it always comes back to like, do you one? Do you believe God is actually Actually, good, um, and two. Do you believe that he is not just good, but he has your best interest at heart, uh, and he wants to shepherd you to those places, um, so we can experience that John ten ten life that we talked about last week. You know, life to to have life and have it to the full.
1: Yeah, yeah, man, one hundred percent. And uh, I just wanted to, <laughs> this is random, but like how Josh was talking about people uh, in their church that they've equipped to be disciple makers. Like, man, the the secret, a secret is that like the best way to learn and live something out more deeply in your personal life is to just kind of jump into the deep end and start teaching it. <laughs> you know, so um, like, I think that's true in all things of faith. And honestly, even in this podcast, that's been a positive aspect in my life of like, hey, we might not have a gazillion people listening. That's Okay. Like for Josh and I personally, I think it's probably a good spiritual development part of our week and week or month, depending on how many we miss. Um, but um, but man, it's like talking through this stuff and working it out and being like, what do I really think about this idea of the good shepherd or any other concept or scripture we talk about? You know, like it makes you makes you sit with it. And it makes you really think about like, what does this mean in my life? As you try to teach something about it, you know? Um, and that's the true, that's true. If you're learning a hobby, it's definitely true in discipleship. Like learn something, practice it, teach it. Then you'll know it deeper, you know? So, um, it's kind of the path of like all disciples uh, in in this faith, you know, in this faith life we call uh, Christianity. So, yeah, man. Um I did want to just say like yeah that that final piece we were talking about of like putting a person in the place of God or putting a per- person in between you and your walk uh with Jesus like Jesus is the ultimate good he is the good shepherd right like uh these words recorded in John 10 um wouldn't ring true if Jesus had then gone up and was was only famous for using his power to get off the cross and live a long life right um like if jesus had done that then these words would be like i don't know like maybe you're not the good shepherd like maybe you were looking like it um but the reality is we know the story right like we know how jesus did by his own authority lay down his life you know for us and that He rose again and he conquered death uh, for us. And in a way that only he could have done. Um, So like the, the proof is in the pudding, right. Of like, he is the good shepherd. He, he lived this way with his, uh, with the people who directly followed him. But then he also did the things that he foreshadowed that he was going to do. And that's like, that's part of the proof of like, yeah, you're good. You're a God that's, worth following you are the God uh, that I want to follow. And I want to mm-hmm. be more like, um, cause he's good and he's the ultimate good.
0: And I think that's the practical piece to this. Of, if you're not following God in this way, at this point, you're not following Jesus in this way, at this point, um, I would ask yourself why, why I'd ask yourself and then ask God, but I'd ask him like, why don't I think you're good? Um, like what has happened in my life that has made me believe? Um, and function out of that belief that you're not actually good, that you don't actually care, um, that you aren't actually present, that you aren't a shepherd that guides and directs and, um, does it in a caring way and is stern when you need to be stern because, um, that's what I need in the moment. Um, like ask that question and ask God that question. Um, if you feel like you're not getting an answer to that question, um, you know, ask someone that loves Jesus and loves you in that order um, and dig into that that idea of like what what about God being good? or are you struggling to believe to be true and why do you think that is and peel back the onion as far back as you can possibly get. Um, And I think you're going to find a lot of fruit in that place as as God starts to get your attention again. And um, some of those barriers that are keeping you from hearing God clearly um, are are starting to fall, fall away. Um, But I I think that's the big piece of like, do you believe God is good? And if not intellectually, right? Like we can all say, yeah, God is good. I know that because the Bible says so, Um, or however you Mm -hmm. want to present that. Um, but like, does your life, your behavior reflect the fact that God is good? Um, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the, that's the better question to be asking um, to get to the root yeah. of the issue. Cause the reality is all of us to some extent in varying degrees don't believe God is completely good, right? Like that's the unbelief mm. that still exists in who we are as disciples of Jesus. We're still learning that truth. And we could do this in so many different aspects of, of God's character, but the one we're talking about today is good. Um, like there's, there's parts of me that, yeah, if I was really honest with myself, my behavior would tell me, I don't actually believe that God is completely good, um, that he's whatever, however that manifests itself in your, in your life. Um, but you got to deal with those things to get back to those basic truths. And I think you're going to find a fair amount of full life, um, in those truths yeah. when you start to truly believe them and allow them to dictate how you live your life, um, is where that full life is, is found. But Andrew, any final thoughts, my buddy, my friend, before sure. we close this one out?
1: No, man. Uh, not, nothing different. Uh, I'll just reinforce, like, if you are listening to this and you're realizing like, man, my faith is, way too based on this person, um, whatever type of influence they have in your life, like my my faith is totally dependent on them, Um, then seriously, pray about that. Tell God that, like, hey, I'm sorry I've done this. You know, like my faith is maybe more based on, say the name, right, than it is on you. Um, Would you help me fix it? Pray simple prayer like that. Uh, Like, start there. And then, like, if you don't know where to go next, seriously, just jump into the Sermon on the Mount. Listen to it, uh, pray it, read it, write it down. Like, you don't have to commit it to perfect memory, but get those concepts into your mind of like, who is Jesus? What did he teach? Was he good? Right? Ask God that. Ask ask yourself that. Ask friends that. Um, work through this stuff because, man, it's like it's worth having the strong foundation on uh and it's worth fol- it's only worth following God if he's good and if you believe it and even though you might forget it at times like you gotta believe it to begin with because um at least to me that matters deeply like is is God is the one that I call God is he good and how do I know it? You yeah. know? And uh if I didn't believe that I don't think I'd want to follow him. So um our God is good. Jesus is good. He's the ultimate good. He is the good shepherd. And um, if you don't believe that today or you are getting forgetful and only partially believe that today, I hope this has been encouraging to you. And uh, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, if so, you can reach us on Instagram or via email. There's a couple ways on our website you can get to us, but we'd love to hear uh, any parts of this that that are helpful or challenging or that you have questions about in this. And uh, we hope that it helps you believe that Jesus is the good shepherd, that he is who he said he was. So Josh, my friend, thanks for doing this.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you this, if, you know, I know most of our listeners are, I shouldn't say most, but the majority of our listeners are in uh, Colorado um, so if, if you're listening and you're like hey I want to figure this out better I want to know that I want to not just know that that God is the good shepherd but believe and allow my life to be coming from that place um, Kim, come hang out with us at Hill City we, we love to walk with you and get you connected to a disciple maker that um, would help you fully understand these concepts in your life and live them out um, but you can find us at hillcity.church uh, if you want to find out more information uh, But hang, come hang out with us but you gotta jump in it's not a it's not not a whole, you know, come to church kind of thing and, and leave and live the rest of your life. Like you got to join the community. You got to be a part of this thing. If you really want to experience it and and see what this good shepherd, what Jesus being good shepherds really like. But Andrew, my friend, my buddy, thanks for listening.
1: Thanks dude. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us. And we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people.
0: And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you.
1: You can email us at hello at Podcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.